but I just continued to believe in myself. And whatever I had within me was already enough to help me adjust into this new culture and this new environment that I was a part of. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have a really great guest today with a powerful story. His name is Oleg Lohid, and he is a renowned TEDx speaker, and he's doing some incredible things. He's helping individuals overcome odds and restore a sense of community and belonging. He helps to provide a safe place to develop one's individual voice and connect through others via their life circumstances. He's doing that through his life-changing website, overcomingodds.today. And he's here to share his story with us and how you can make tremendous change in your life. Oleg, welcome to the show. It is great to have you here today. Thank you. No, thank you for having me on and giving me this opportunity to share my story and my lived experience thus far. You know, one of the things I love about hosting The Daily Helping is that I get to connect with people that have overcome incredible things. And mm-hmm. rather than turning to a place of anger or bitterness, they use their stories as a springboard to make tremendous change in the world. And I have so much respect for you for doing what you've done. And, and I just want to jump right into it because I know mm-hmm. your story, but, but I haven't shared this with our audience, of course. So talk to us about your early upbringing and some of the things that happened to you. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you asking that question to begin with. So my story begins, as some of you might be able to tell by the name, in a relatively small town in Russia. And the town is called Chubarkul, which is near or in the direction of Kazakhstan, for those who are familiar with geography. And for my first three to four years, I had a relatively, I guess you could say, normal upbringing. As far as I was under one roof with my mom and my sister, Uh, My dad was absent from, I believe, as early as birth. And there are still some mixed stories as far as what his absence was due. Uh, There's a story that he was actually arrested. And then there's a story that he was either killed or left at birth. So I'm still trying to figure that out as far as the origin of it. But even beyond that, you know, for me, the question that I face is, is why is that important to know? And what is that going to change once I figure out the ultimate answer? About who my father was. So fast forward to when I was about three to four years old, as I mentioned earlier, what ended up happening was there was a change within my family dynamic. And that is my mother ended up becoming an alcoholic. And for those who are listening and can relate to living in a household where one of your parents chooses to, or both of your parents choose alcohol as an option, What ends up happening is that any elements of caring and trust and love and the sense of belonging that you get from your parent, all of a sudden just vanishes. I mean, it literally goes out the window. And 
for me, that story was not any different. I was in the same exact shoes as I think a lot of people that I've come across so far are able to relate. And that is when my mom chose to become an alcoholic, my sister actually ended up becoming my legal guardian. My sister at the time was 18 years older than I was. What was interesting or what has been interesting to look back as far as from who I am today is I don't know if that's the road that she intended to take in life to transition from being my sister to all of a sudden, quote unquote, legal guardian at that particular age. I also didn't know if she wanted to have a child at that point. She was in her mid-20s when this happened. But what it, what it really made me realize in the different situations that I was put through after that particular experience of kind of bouncing between houses and living or having spending time with my sister And then other days, running away from her, from the apartment that we were at, and wanting to go find my mom, because that's who I wanted in my life. You know, any child wants to be with their parent. And I was not any different. And so due to those choices that I made, I ultimately faced, I was faced with a lot of different challenges. Some of them included sometimes sleeping on the street, begging for food stealing food from the local grocery stores. All of those things were part of my story. And all those things that have, that's what make me who I am. It makes me resilient. So fast forward to when I was nine years old, I had a moment within my life and I don't know how it, how it came about and what type of conversation that I, that I had with someone. But essentially I figured out about the system called the orphanage. Now, I had no information as far as what that particular place offered. For some reason, I just began to believe that that was going to be a better option than the options that I was presented with within my current life. So I ended up taking my sister, who was my legal guardian at the time, to city council as a nine-year-old kid and relinquishing their rights and telling the woman across that was sitting from me that I, I wanted to go into the orphanage, that I no longer wanted to have the, the two people, my mom and my sister, as my legal guardians. I don't know if I fully understood the consequences of that decision. I, I would like to think that I was only able to make that decision due to the past that I've experienced and due to the possibility of the future that I was told and presented with. So. Going into the orphanage and living there for three years, you know, it was a very different experience compared to a traditional household and a traditional family. And that is, there were a lot of instances of abuse, mental, physical, anything you can imagine literally happened in there. And when you, when you hear that phrase, and I, I don't know the phrase exactly, and that is um, whatever happens in the household stays in the household type of thing. Well, that was that mentality for that orphanage. So all the forms of abuse, everything that we experienced, we were told to keep our mouth shut. So when my sister or someone else came to visit and they asked me, well, how are things here? I would always lie and I would say, things are great because I never knew who else was listening. Beyond that, when I was 12, 12 years old, I was able to be adopted by a family from Ann Arbor, Michigan. And that's where I think the, my second half of the journey really began. 
and then just coming to the States, not speaking any English, literally not knowing anything about this part of the world. And, but always had, having this drive within me that I'm going to figure it out. There's a way, I'm a huge believer that where there's a will, there's a way. And I think at that particular time of my life, it was not any different. You know, even though I had language barrier issues to overcome family relationship, um, getting accepted into certain groups, finding friends, developing those networks, all of these were big challenges to work through. But I just continued to believe in myself and whatever I had within me was already enough to help me adjust into this new culture and this new environment that I was a part of. So that, that's kind of my story in a nutshell of how I overcame certain things and, and who I was. And the reason why I enjoy sharing my past is to help people understand that your past doesn't have to define your present or your future. You know, for me, my past has been as a foundation that I can learn from and take away lessons and really choose to identify these pivotal points of who I have become today. And, and that's why I think I appreciate platforms like yours that give me the opportunity to share my story and reflect back on my experience as much as I can. And it's interesting because you know, many people listening to this probably can't relate to being in an orphanage, coming mm -hmm. to a different country where they don't speak the language, um, suffering emotional and physical abuse as you did for a number of years. And yet you said something, though, that I think everybody can relate to is that mm -hmm. all of us have, have resiliency inside of us to a degree. Yeah. The research is very interesting about resiliency and you know why is it that one person you know will turn to alcohol while another will inwardly turn to a, a sense of belief. But um, I, I want you to talk more about that because I what what I'd you know, because you you still had for a time that influence of your life in your life, your mother mm -hmm. and your sister who who both struggled, um, and your mother certainly you know, with, with alcoholism, which is mm -hmm. a whole other different animal. Were, was there anybody else or was it just you? Was there anybody else that at any point you connected with who said, yeah, I want to mentor you, I want to help you? Or did you just really have that dogged determination to say, come hell or high water, I'm going to be okay? I, I think it's more of the second one than the first. And even as you speak of it, what I realize is, you know, for the longest time, I struggled with the whole concept of mentorship. And the reason why is because I never fully understood how to ask someone to be a mentor, right? I, I was taught previously to, you just go to people and you say, hey, will you be my mentor? But for me, that really never connected or resonated with me because I think a successful mentor is someone who's there with you, but also someone who's there to choose, someone who chooses to be in your life, Right. For me to come up to you and say, hey, Dr. Richard, could you be my mentor? I mean, we don't, we don't really have, um, I, I think there has to be a, a level of understanding from both of us to want to be in each other's lives. And it's interesting that you bring up this whole point of resiliency, right? And here's why. So the, this morning, as I was about to go meditate, I had this thought when it came to what makes me resilient? And the thought was that when I think of that word, 
I always related back to those very early, early on times, right? When I had to survive, when I had to believe in myself. But what I, what I don't think about as much is the times that literally happened a week ago or a month ago where I had to rely on the same exact principles, believe in yourself. You know, if you can't pay a bill, just reminding yourself that you're doing the best that you can. And yes, you may not meet this particular deadline right now, but if you just continue doing the work and believing in the process, that you will find another way. And so for me, it was just an interesting point to note that when I think of some of these turns, I always go back to when I was three or four or five years old. Rarely do I take a step back and think of myself as a 27-year-old and maybe someone who was just a month away from today. So I think this concept of believing in yourself, I'm a huge advocate for it because it's something that each and every one of us has, regardless of where we are in the journey. And oftentimes what I've learned after having conversations with so many people is that it's one of those things that we underestimate. And I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because it's a harder concept to grasp. I mean, belief, you know, you can't really grab it. It's something that happens internally. So it's, it's a lot less tangible when it comes to it. Um, but I'm a huge believer that regardless of where you are in life or where I've been in life, one of the reasons that I was able to make through it and work through a lot of those challenges is because of the belief and determination and, and the inner dialogue that I told myself that I'm going to find a way to get through it. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. What I really like about what you do in general, and I, and I do want to take some time and, and talk about mm-hmm. how, you've, how you've taken your story and you've turned it into a, a platform for others, is you basically are of the position, which is great, that you know your past can shape you, but it, it, the bad things from your past don't have to limit you in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the biggest thing that I want to... I want people to realize is I, I firmly believe that our story is the most valuable currency that's available to each and every single one of us. And sometimes I think we underestimate the power of our story. But the more that I look back at my life and the different things I've been able to accomplish and aspire to accomplish, to be completely honest with you, Everything has been done through my story. There have been things that I accomplished with, without paying five or $10,000 for a traditional service. 
And it all had to do to the fact of how I choose to show up and being able to communicate that message in the person that I am today, but also showing people glimpses of what I'm aspiring to be and create and change. And I think that's what people resonate with at the end of the day to begin with is just your true and honest, authentic self. You know, I think there's, um, what I found out through my journey is when I think of authenticity, what's important to note is that each and every single one of us can have our own definition of what it means to be authentic. There's no one ultimate definition for it. There's no right or wrong. It always just is. So you may think being authentic authentic is one way. I may think it's another. And that's perfectly fine. But as, I think as long as we create that space where we can mutually understand each other for our own definitions and how we choose to live life, I think that's where we create the space of being open-minded and curiosity and really just genuinely interested in each other's experience and journeys. And that's what connects us. And that's something that money, no money can buy. It's priceless. I love that. And, and you know, it's really, it, it's a beautiful segue because, you know, your focus on people's stories mm-hmm. has led you to create a platform that's, that's transforming lives everywhere. Talk to us about mm-hmm. when you made the decision to create that. I made this decision three years ago. And the way that it happened was I was part of a business accelerator type incubator program. And for those that are not familiar with that process, essentially it's a program where you go in to work on a particular venture and you can take it from concept to an actual full-blown business. And I got accepted into this program with a completely different business venture. And it was about second or third week after being in that particular program and going through the different uh, coursework and meeting with different people, I began to realize that there was something more to me. There was something more to the story that I created for myself. And that is when I first started to ask myself the question of, why me? Why was I the one that was put through all these different challenges, all the different obstacles, and what can I learn from each one? And it was during that time that I started to reflect back upon some of the things that I did when I was in high school, when I was in college. And that is I used to go to different families who were adopted or who adopted kids around the same time that I was adopted. And I would share my story and I would try and understand why some of the other kids weren't making through similar challenges. Now, at the time, going into some of these families as a 16 and 17 year old kid and essentially sharing my story just wasn't enough. I didn't have any steps that people can take. I was just there serving strictly as inspiration as far as this is how I did it. And so reflecting back on that journey, what I realized was that for the longest time, I used to think that answer to that question of why me had to come in this traumatic fashion. And that is, I had to go travel to Thailand or somewhere halfway across the world and have this enlightened moment where I wake up and just everything comes to me, right? But it was really just changing the mindset that I gave myself the opportunity to think that it doesn't have to be that way. 
The answer was always within me. And that is if if it's not if not me, then who else? Who else was meant to go through all these challenges? When I came to that point of understanding, and the next thing that I ended up doing was I actually sat down in front of my laptop and I just wrote down the story. I wrote down the story of having been born in Russia, faced the different challenges that I have, and what I wanted to do with it. And I had a very simple call to action at the end. I said something along the lines of, if my message speaks to you, please join me in sharing your story. And then within days, two to three days of that, I received well over 100 messages of people from all over the world who were adopted out of Romania, China, Japan, South Korea. And each and every single one of them said, hey, me too. Or here was my experience. Where can I share this? And then there were people who were part of the foster care system here in the United States that wanted to share. And so I really just wanted to initially create the space for adoptees and foster youth to be able to share their their experiences, but not only focus on those quote-unquote highlight real moments or the good times, but create a space for all experiences. And then that's when I noticed that there were other people that began to reach out. Refugees, immigrants, LGBTQ, a lot of these groups that have been marginalized in today's day and age. And that's where I felt that this has to be a platform for just people to be, for people to understand other people. And it's expanded well beyond the initial scope of your mission. Now it's it's people from all over the world are telling their stories from all different walks of life. So um, tell us a little bit. I know you've got a a, a well-received podcast as well. So tell us about you know, how Overcoming Odds has, has expanded and how people can get involved with it because it's just such a wonderful platform. It started off, as I mentioned, just a website for people to be able to share their stories. And that's still a core element of how we grow and try and understand a lot of this work is to provide that space for others to be able to share their own experiences and also be able to embrace them along the way. From there, what I've learned was that I'm a huge believer that if you are going to start a business, instead of going out there and looking for that first client, choose to become that first client. Choose to really put yourself in positions where you can understand, what am I solving? Why does this matter to me? Because I think what ends up happening is after having started different concepts myself, I learned that if I wasn't really connected to the problem or the issue at hand that I'm trying to solve, it becomes very difficult to not only motivate myself to continue through the daily challenges, but also remind myself, why did I start this to begin with? Why is this important? And so for me, starting the podcast and having the different events that we host around the country, it all resonated as far as what connects with me. Who are the people, what are the platforms that impacted my life that I want to create kind of similar spaces that I can genuinely stay interested in because those are the things that are already part of my world every single day. So transitioning from having it be strictly storytelling, story sharing through the website to the podcast, to the events, to the weekly calls was just a natural path for me to take because... I was already living in those worlds. 
I was already listening to other people who had podcasts. I was already attending other events. And what I began to understand was that everything boils down for me, in my opinion, everything boils down to the connection that I have with myself and the connection that I have with other people. I think that's the, that's the biggest way that I've been able to learn anything in life is through connection. So then that's where I really chose to put myself out there and put the story out there. And to be completely honest with you, it was challenging to do so at first. And the reason why was because I remember when I first shared the story, I had a lot of thoughts as far as did I present my sister in the right view? What is the world going to think of my family after hearing that story? Are they going to look at them as someone who just couldn't take care of this child? Are they going to look at my mom as strictly an alcoholic or as an individual who did the best that she could with the best that she knew? And so there, there is a lot of courage that I've developed in sharing that story more and more. And it was through that process that I began to understand that the more that I reveal of who I am, the more opportunities I create for myself to heal the different elements that I haven't processed yet. It's, it goes back to what you were talking about, about what does authenticity mean? And the more that an individual is authentic, mm-hmm. the, the more one can connect with them. So, uh, you know, as people are listening to this and, you know, want to get connected with some of these other really inspirational stories, tell, tell us where they can go. The best way that people can connect with a lot of this is through our website, and that is overcomingodds.today. And beyond that, people can find us almost on every single social media platform that you can do so. And as I mentioned earlier, some of the ways that you can get involved is understand that there, this is a place and this is a community where people have gone through very difficult circumstances, but most of us have found a way through it. And those that are currently working through it will find a way through it. And I I think that's what it all boils down to is just creating that community where we can share these experiences and normalize them, more importantly. I mean, I think the more we talk about even the things that you and I are talking about, that's when we can normalize this process and create a space for other people to think that it's okay to be in this particular state. It's okay if you feel down. It's okay if you experience depression. It's okay if you experience anxiety. I experience that, probably elements of it every single day. Uh, Tell us the URL where where people can check that out. Overcomingodds.today. I love that too. So we we are uh, at time, Oleg, and this has been inspirational as I knew that it would be. And uh, again, somebody who goes through abuse and leaves a country, you know, most of us can't relate to that, but Mm -hmm. so many can relate to wanting to be a part of a community where they can hear shared experiences, hear people who may be going through something similar to them and, and have that sense of community 
and overcome those, those obstacles. Oleg, I'm grateful that you came on our show and shared your story today. As you know, I wrap up every episode of my program by asking my guests their biggest helping, and that is share with us your one piece of information that's most important you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation. I think the biggest thing that I would like to pass on is actually a story that my dad passed on to me when I first came to the States. And that is I was I was in sixth grade and I was experiencing a math, a math problem at the time. Math for me for the first two to three months was the only way that I could actually communicate with my parents and my teachers. So I guess it, it is a universal language at the end of the day. And so I ended up coming to him. He was sitting around the dinner table at our house in Ann Arbor. And I said, hey, dad, could you help me solve this problem? Really what I wanted was for him to solve the problem for me. I just wanted to go outside, play with my friends, and and kind of just enjoy what it was like to be a kid, right? And what he did after that is something that has stuck with me ever since. And that is, he said, son, I won't solve this problem for you, but we can solve it together. And it was during that time when I sat down with him and began to solve that particular problem that he said something that hasn't left my mind since. And that is never say you can't do something in life. There's always a way. It may not be the way that you envision, but there's always a way. 14 years later, I look back at that moment. And that is a principle that I choose to live my life by every single day. Is reminding myself that everything is possible. That the word can't, it simply is, it's not a part of my vocabulary. I acknowledge it. I acknowledge the fact that some situations may be difficult, but I think the only reason why they're difficult is because we haven't done them before. And that's the biggest thing that I would like to leave with your audience is never say you can't do something in life. I there's always it. a way where there's a will, there's a way. Very good stuff. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Tell us that URL one more time, Oleg. The URL is overcomingodds.today and you can find us by simply Googling or type it in overcoming odds through any of the social media platforms. All right. Very good. And we will have everything overcoming odds in the show notes, as well as in the daily helping app available in iTunes and the Google play store. Oleg, thank you so much for coming on the show. I greatly enjoyed our conversation today. No, thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity and thank you for creating a space where other people can feel valued and supported along their journey. I think it's the biggest thing that we can pass on is to inspire other people that regardless of where they are within their life, that there's some other individual that is walking a similar path. Appreciate it. And, and I appreciate each and every one of you who listen to this show as well. If you like what you heard today, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review because this helps other people find the show and hear those inspirational stories as well. But most importantly, go out there today, do something nice for someone else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 